Soda and Stars and Gripes with Val Kilmer. I should be doing something funny for the saint where I do weird voices or bad accents or pay tribute to Val Kilmer. But I'm just going to say the saint. It's in the basket. The writer's bagel basket. Everything is going to be all right. I was thinking maybe the king and I. Uh, how about Oklahoma? I don't consider myself a particularly ethical person, but I am fair. Don't be mean. We don't have to be mean. Because remember, no matter where you go, there you are. Hi, welcome to Rider's Bagel Basket. I am Scott Kurland, and we end our Val Kilmer month with the saint and with laura fox yay hi (laughs) so i remember back in february after we did wedding singer saying telling you that we were doing val kilmer for july and i totally thought you were going to go with like real genius or um or the (laughs) doors and you go i like this movie called the saint I love The Saint so much. And I'm, okay, 1997, actually, do you have more to say before I cut you off? Nope, 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 nope. (laughs) Okay, okay. In 1997, I was 13. And I, like, vividly remember getting this movie on videotape from either the library or Blockbuster. And I would watch it over and over and over again, like, It was really my first introduction to sort of spy action stuff. You know, like I hadn't seen James Bond yet or anything. Yeah. And so to me, it was like the coolest, most cutting edge, you know. I loved that he uh, wore so many costumes and had such cool technology and tools and things. And it was very exciting to me. (laughs) I was about to turn 11. I was like 10 years old turning 11 when this came out. Mm -hmm. And I saw this in New York in theaters because we for April vacation we went to New York and well my mom and my sister were shopping in the fashion district I was like it's hot can we go see a movie and my dad's like sure we can see the saint or inventing the abbots and I'm like the saint it is (laughs) wow well like that was the only two movies that like lined up with our our time frame oh sure because we missed Romy and michelle's oh also a good movie yes which we've covered <laughs> on this and we missed liar liar oh okay so we saw the saint and it is watching it now this movie is so weird oh why do you think it's weird oh we'll get into it why don't you give us the blockbuster okay. role first during the blockbuster video you pick up the saint movie uh, clamshell case and what does it say the saint <laughs> starring val kilmer and emily shu elizabeth shu <laughs> yeah that one <laughs> 
Wait, that's all it says. <laughs> I don't know what this is. Oh, do you want me to like give a little synopsis? Yeah, yeah. Remember, oh, you're okay. you're in a blockbuster video. You pick up the back of the box, yeah. and it says to get you to rent this movie. What does it say about the oh. saint? Action-packed rom-com. Watch, you know, superstar Val Kilmer embody twelve different characters, all named for different saints, uh, based on the book series. Um, who I forget that was by, but uh, <laughs> and sixties TV show. Oh yeah, and sixties TV show. Um, that's good. Okay, yeah. Well, I don't know. How would you describe it? <laughs> Val Kilmer decides not to do Batman and Robin after doing oh. Batman Forever and makes this movie. It's James uh, Bond if he liked Jesus and shit. <laughs> That is true. I actually saw this great interview with Val Kilmer from when the movie came out. And the first thing the journalist asked him was, so you didn't want to do any more Batman movies? (laughs) And he was like, no, no, I had a great time doing Batman. This just looked really interesting. And I was like, "Mm -hmm." (laughs) well, okay. I say sure, Val, but at Mm -hmm. the same time, he he talked about reading the skip the the skipped the script for Batman and Robin and being like, yeah, no, sure. <laughs> um, so like I don't blame him for that, but like of all the 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 like espionage things he could have done, because I know mm-hmm. they were trying to make another Jack Ryan movie and they courted Kilmer. And- oh but he was a big fan of the 1960s TV show. So he's like, okay. I'd rather do that. So producer extraordinaire, what? Mm-hmm. I was going to say producer extraordinaire, Robert Evans, the, the Coke fiend who made Chinatown and the Godfather trilogy was like, mm-hmm. Hey, you want to make your own James Bond? Do eyebrows, I. eyebrows. Yeah. <laughs> Many eyebrows inside eyes. Okay, so um, the reason why I think this is weird, Laura, is because the traits and aspects of the, our two main characters, Dr. Russell, played by Elizabeth Shue, and Simon Templar, these are like two people with like awkward, introverted personalities. Like they're the types of people who have been kind of alone their entire lives but i also categorize it as they're the two hot people that don't realize they're hot oh yeah this is absolutely one of those like hollywood movie situations where this is the hollywood version of like the ugly nerdy girl i'm like right you know she's (laughs) stunning um (laughs) she would definitely you know not be single most likely and same thing with him but I mean it makes more sense for his lifestyle because he's constantly moving around and evading you know law forces and stuff but well his whole thing is so like cuckoo bananas because the reason why he doesn't get close to people is he accidentally committed murder when he was a little boy (laughs) well yeah I know I'm sure he blames himself for that but that was definitely like the dogs and the priest and you know it was an accident but yeah yeah, I think yeah I think that's his fear like his 
first love died because he was trying to kiss her. So <laughs> when I first saw it, did you think that they were going to like do a reveal like the girl didn't die? She just got a respiratory problem and it turned out to be Elizabeth Shue. That would have been really cool. But I I would have expected her to be like paralyzed if she didn't die. Yeah. Not just have like a heart condition. <laughs> but, the yeah, heart condition cool. is whack. It's like so, so crazy. I was really glad when they revealed that because when we first meet her and she's giving that presentation, the little um, to the class, and she's like, it sounds like she has asthma. She's just like gasping a lot. And I was like, what is this acting choice? I was like, this is the weirdest yeah. <laughs> like, speech pattern. And then I was like, oh, she can't breathe because her heart's going crazy. Yeah. But, the, but then she's like, fine, like an hour into the movie, they're, they're like, you need medicine. And she's like, Oddly enough, I don't. I know. I love. I yeah. That that did give me a little eye roll. Where it's like, okay, your heart is fixed because you're in love with this guy. Like, come on, you know. <laughs> like he's the Fonz and she's a jukebox, and he just whacks her in the chest, and she's fixed. <laughs> right. Yeah. Have you tried turning it off and on again? Right. <laughs> the other crazy thing is, uh, there are. I'm now counting on all my fingers. There are like three sex scenes in this movie and every single time. What? I said, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. In a kid's film, like a a teenage movie. Um, But every time the two of them are about to have sex, she is she like is acting like she's about to die. Yeah, it's a little scary. Do you want to have sex with someone with a heart condition? Yeah. Heart attack at any moment. Like that's pretty stressful. (laughs) Also, the fact that this is supposed to be like a sexy movie, but it's not very sexy because I consider like, so this was 97. Mm -hmm. This was also the same year as one of my favorite James Bond movies, Tomorrow Never Dies. Oh, yeah, that was a good one. That is a sexy Bond movie. You have Terry Hatcher, you have Michelle Yeoh. Those are like two Bond girls that I absolutely love. Mm -hmm. And then this one we get just Elizabeth Shue, which I love Elizabeth Shue. But there, mm-hmm. I, I expected there to be like a femme fatale. Oh, I guess, um, I mean, I know what you mean, but that's kind of what was appealing about it to mm-hmm. me. I was like, oh, wow. Instead of it just being, a lot of the Bond girls are just kind of like accessories, you know, they're not like fully fledged characters. So I really liked that Elizabeth was, a real person with a career and like actually you know kind of saved the world with her energy <laughs> yeah, she thing. Solves cold fusion yeah thank goodness we don't have to pay for heat anymore <laughs> and that that was a real thing um but yeah I really liked that and and it kind of is what made it to me less of a regular action movie and more of like almost a rom-com because there was also like comic relief and stuff so yeah also the people in this world, so the main villain is, when I saw it this time, I was like, oh, no, Russia's the bad guy. Oh, we're going to be talking about yeah. Russia. Um, yeah. But the whole, like, fact that you have this Russian mafia czar uh-huh. who is running to be, I guess, president of Russia. Mm-hmm. And he basically, his whole stance is, let's use money. Let's throw money at the problem. And then 
try and solve cold fusion and then when we can't pin it on the guy who's president right now what is it your request of my employer do you know what cold fusion is of course it's a theory of nuclear fusion at room temperature free energy forever yes as far as science goes, it ranks just above astrology. Those who claim to have achieved the experiment have never been able to duplicate it. Right. Well, and he was simultaneously hoarding the oil under his mansion. He was causing the oil shortage. Oh, yeah. So he, yeah. So he's like causing people to freeze to death and trying to blame it on is it Karpov Kropov something like yeah that? I just wish it was someone more famous who was the the, the bad guy should have been Hans Brugger <laughs> Hans <Yeah>. Gruber <laughs> I the person who I was actually thinking is I would have loved because this was around the time of rounders I wish it was Malkovich with this bad Russian accent from from rounders paid this uh, man is money <laughs> yes <laughs> From the Dick Van Dyke school of dialects. Yeah, I, I wish it was someone ridiculous who shouldn't be playing, you know, a rough a Russian mafioso. That would be funny. And I also like to think in this world, all these people are stupid. They have mm-hmm. no idea. Like, he keeps tricking everyone. Like, he looks exactly like himself, mm-hmm. but he's in a wig. Like, Yes, yeah. I will say, I don't know, his accents are very good, and the, the only time he really looks different is when he's that, um, like, a, the professor with the fake teeth. Yeah, when he's Jerry Lewis. Yeah, that's, like, the, the most unique one, but, yeah, you know, I think you just have to remember that at this time, right, it's, like, no smartphones. I don't know what the CCTV situation was like, but they certainly didn't have the advanced stuff we do now. Yeah. Um, I think my favorite one of his was the thief at the the guy at the beginning with the J. Jonah Jameson like uh, flat top and the Australian accent and but oh yeah if I give this to you you're gonna give it to your daddy and what's he gonna give you not even a Christmas bonus the guy I'm stealing this for will give me a million dollars if we go in partners we'll split 50 50 that's half a million hard currency Think of the drugs you could buy with that much cake. You'll be discoing for a decade in Moscow, mate. I don't need your small change. That's your first problem. Yeah, that was really <laughs> funny. Goodbye, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so all month long, we've been talking about how Val Kilmer pretty much saves everything he's in. Mm, okay. Like whenever he's in a movie. So the three movies we're talking about are this, we talked about Willow, uh, and we talked about Tombstone. Mm. And to me, those are like his three best performances. I haven't actually seen those, Scott. <laughs> Don't you haven't seen you have <laughs> you of all people haven't seen Tombstone. I know, no, I haven't. Just the saint over and over again. <laughs> Is that the one you think I should watch next? Tombstone? I think you would like Willow. Okay. Willow's good. Uh, I mean, Top Gun's good. Oh, yeah, I've seen Top Gun. Okay, I think my his most underrated role is Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Mm, um, right. If you like Shane Black movies, like, he's really good in that. Okay. But in this one, like, 
So in those other two movies, he's like the lead, but he's the supporting character also. Like yeah, in Tombstone, but in this, it's Val Kilmer in every frame of the movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think at this point, the only other time that we've seen him, like in every scene of a movie, had hasn't been since like '85 in Real Genius. Like in Batman, he's not in every scene as Batman. That movie is Jim Carrey's movie. Yes, yes. In this, he he constantly has to be charming. Even when you're like, wow, Simon Templar, you're kind of a dickhole. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, you can tell he's like, he's got all kinds of unresolved issues and yeah, has pushed people away and all that stuff. Um, Have you seen Our Flag Means Death? No. Okay, so it's on uh, it's on HBO Max, and it's Taika Waititi's pirate TV show. Oh, um, I love him. Okay. And one of the characters calls himself the gentleman pirate. When I was watching this, all I could think of is uh, Val Kilmer calling his character the gentleman spy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could see that. Or the gentleman thief. Gentleman yeah. spy is James Bond. Gentleman thief. Mm. This guy mm-hmm. is gentleman thief. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I also, if I remember the old TV show correctly, he was more of a spy, less of a thief. They didn't even play into the magician aspect of it. And I like the fact that he's flat out doing magic tricks in this. Yeah, in the beginning. Yeah, Yeah. that was cute. Yeah. And he also does uh, the magic trick with um, Elizabeth Shue. You're right. With the little note card thing. Yeah, I mean, he he touches her boob, and that's inappropriate, and that does not age well. Yeah, I was like, hmm, it's um. Because <laughs> I remember, I I remember watching this movie as a kid. I'm like, oh, I shouldn't be watching this. People are in their underpants. <laughs> and, oh my god. <laughs> and now, as an adult, I'm like, oh no, people are in their underpants. This is weird. <laughs> I wonder how many people went into like physics because of this movie <laughs> to be like <laughs> proximity to uh, sexy time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you had the most gorgeous people in 95, 96 and 97 being yes. physicists In 95. You had Keanu with chain reaction. Yeah. And then 96, you had Bill Paxton and Helen Hunt with Twister. Oh, right, right. Our meteorology yeah. for that one hot, and then in this words. one yeah this one it's elizabeth shoe mm-hmm. which this was the movie she made right after getting nominated for an oscar for leaving las vegas oh cool okay. yeah it's so weird because she made this in the trigger effect at the same time and oh. in this one she's like so sweet i remember having a crush on elizabeth shoe in this movie oh for sure as you yeah. should yeah and yeah. I think also I had a massive crush on Val Kilmer in anything. Yeah, okay, great. I was going to say I had a crush on Val Kilmer and I wanted to be Elizabeth Shue. It was, you know. I wanted to be Val Kilmer. Like, yeah. <laughs> growing You're up. like, it, I take it back. I didn't have a crush. <laughs> oh, no, no. I, I had a man crush. I, okay. I constantly admit on this podcast when I, I had a man crush on someone. Because, like, because um, growing up, I wanted to be like Val Kilmer in this and in Real Genius. And I mm-hmm. wanted to be Zach Morris until I grew up and realized he was a sociopath. Uh, yes, good, good, good. But Val Kilmer in this movie, I always thought that he was just so like, 
I think this is the reason why I liked acting so much. I was like, oh, he's not like a thief, really. He's an actor. Yes, and therefore it doesn't count as crime. <laughs> yes, or as we say on this podcast, crimes. Mm-hmm. You know, that's also like when I was a kid, I also grew up watching Inspector Gadget. Mm-hmm. And, and so early on, I really was like, being a spy or being a detective just means you get access to all these really cool toys. And, and that was very exciting to me, you know, and I was like, that's what I want to do until I understood that it was really more about like killing people and trying (laughs) not to be killed by people. (laughs) I was like, Oh, this is very dangerous. (laughs) Well, what I liked in this was his whole James Bond thing. He's kind of MacGyver because he's got that Swiss army knife. I know. And I love that. That's, that's one of the things he uses as a kid to open the, um, you know, he like first uses it to open the gate to feed the boys in the orphanage. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then he uses like it to kill his it. girlfriend. Yeah. Well, <laughs> what if they just kept cutting back to it and like every single time, like at first you can tell it's a mistake, but then in his head, like the second time he flat out throws her over. <laughs> it just, yeah. It's like a dream. And every time it gets progressively more yeah, violent. I, I also love how he dwells on it and it keeps him awake. Like, like, yeah. like everyone as an adult, like, Hey, remember that embarrassing thing you did in sixth grade? Oh God, I'm up for the rest of the night. Pretty much. Yeah. I thought that was a great segue going from like him witnessing that to basically not being able to sleep because of the memory. Yeah. I I think that the best part of this movie is just the chemistry between both of them. Like the action Mm -hmm. itself is like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like there, there's an explosion and there's a lot of water. Right. There's not a ton of action really. Yeah. I think the, this, I remember as a kid this being more action-packed because of the scene where he just basically gets hypothermia. And I remember oh. in my head thinking that, like, oh, no, they're chasing him, and he has to dive into the water. Where watching it mm-hmm. now in my 30s, it's like, oh, they're chasing him. So she hides in a staircase, and he yeah. jumps into the freaking river. Right. You had two options, Val. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it, the, the scene where they're racing through the tunnels though, with, uh, is it Frankie? The Spiv? Yeah. Yeah. That, that was pretty cool. I was like, all right, some underworld escaping stuff and like hiding in the, um, the prostitute's apartment behind the little dresser. That was neat. Yeah. Was she a prostitute? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) She was like, oh, the landlady doesn't approve of what I do, but it feeds her. Yeah, I th- oh, okay, because as a kid, I just, I, I thought, this is where my mind went as a kid. As a kid, I thought she was a revolutionary and a freedom fighter. Oh, yeah, <laughs> and, in a way. <laughs> in a way, yes. But, Sex but, work is revolutionary. <laughs> so. Did you, wait, did you not rewatch it? Oh, this? I did. As I did. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, I rewatched it, and on the rewatch, I was like, "Oh yeah, she." I didn't know if she was a prostitute or just a you know high class escort. Oh yeah, right. No. I mean, she could. She certainly could be a high end call girl. Yeah, I still think that um, Elizabeth Shue 
when she um, leaves the note for him after like at near the end of the movie. And she's yeah. like, I had to leave because I'm going to give away. <laughs> I'm going to give yeah. away cold fusion for free. For free. And I still, okay. We have to talk about all of his different personas, his different saints. Yes. Yes. Because you have, um, I forgot the names of them. Okay. Because, I did write them down. Okay. I good. thought that was cool. Okay, who was the Aussie? Oh, the Aussie. The the guy at the beginning. Flat top with the mustache. Oh, Boer Houdenfrost, that guy? No, no, that's oh, the second guy. Um, well, it was St. John the Baptist when he was in, when he was little. John Rossi is technically his yeah. his Christian name. His John or, Rossi. Or then, his orphan name. <laughs> yes, the orphan name, John Rossi. And then After John the Baptist, Simon Templer, which Simon Templer, that's a really fucking cool name. And, and that's the one he chose, right? Right. So, okay. And that's the name from the TV show. But the, one of the kids was like, you should be Simon the magician or Simon Minkus, right? So I'm wondering if that was Mingus, his actual yeah. original name was Simon Minkus. And then he went by Simon Templer. Well, that was the name of the saint was Simon Mingus. Oh, another saint. Okay. Yeah, so he's like, I'll take the Simon, but I'm going to go with Templar. <laughs> Why not mine? How about no? Um, okay, so I don't know if it was the, the Aussie, but the other saints' names that I wrote down are Nicholas Owen. That was the Aussie. That was the Aussie? Okay. Yeah. And then Louis Guanella? Louis, uh, that one was the guy who talked like this. Oh yeah. yeah. Right, right, right. Uh Peter Damien. Yep. Peter uh, so Peter Damien, I I can't remember which one Peter Damien was. I remember Thomas Marr. Yeah, Thomas Moore. That was Moore. yeah, the the romantic one. Poetry. Yeah. Peter um, Damien. Peter Damien. I don't know if we saw that one. These, this is when the uh, like Scotland Yard was listing all of the names that he. I had know used. which one Peter Damien was. It was the okay. one on the phone with the Chicago accent. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. And then Charles Borromeo. Borromeo. <laughs> I forgot that one. Uh, but. But uh, the Russian one, when he. <laughs> When he looks like Jim Morrison from The Doors. So early. You guys want to get some coffee or something? <laughs> what what one was that one? The guy with the bad wig. Um, hmm. I wonder if that was the Charles one. No, I think you said it, Vladimir something. Or mm, I had Brewer Houtenfrost. Bruden Houtenfrost. Houtenfrost. Yes. I think yeah. that's when he was in the airport. Yeah, that that's the okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. the guy with the bad Jim Morrison yes. wig. Okay, yeah, because yes. that's when he's face to face with our two main villains. Yes. How do they not know it's him? I don't know. They're so dumb. After a while, they're like, "Oh yeah, he's putting on fancy wigs." It didn't take us, you know, three different attempts. Right. And he was so close. And I, I love how he just randomly goes up to some woman who he says is yes. the, 
oh, I loved that so much. He's like, I have to go talk to my boss. What <laughs> <laughs> yes. if you liked it? If he's like, I have to go talk to my boss and he goes to like the Russian orange Julius stand. Oh, that would be so funny. Puts on a visor. Right. <laughs> makes a Jamoka blast and then... <laughs> because i so when this movie came out mm-hmm. it was universally panned like oh this, i didn't know that yeah uh siskel and ebert called it the boring man's james bond Boo. i think oh. it's the thinking man's james bond because i am super biased <laughs> yeah they said that the only good thing about this movie is val kilmer they said Aww. that the villains were boring and when you want a Bond style villain, you need to have them be scary. Where I guess I remember being terrified of the sun, especially when his face gets blown off. Yeah. I mean, I think it was less of a personal threat from them and more of a like country wide, you know, I think it's scarier now actually. Yeah. I was about to say that watching it now, it's more terrifying. Yeah, understanding how global leaders, you know, can ruin lives. Um, yeah. So, <sighs> yeah. I think that the best part of Kilmer's performance is once he, it seems like, because they were setting this up to be like a series, because mm-hmm. in the original right. series, he always has the pin on him. Okay. The pin that she gives him. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like the, when he gets it, like, did you see Man from Uncle the no. movie? Mm-mm. Okay, because movie Man from Uncle does something similar. They set they set up the entire movie and then they set it up so that oh, there's going to be sequels, and they basically do what they do here, where he gets his pin, and that's how you know that that's Simon Templar, like uh, the regardless. people who are in his network when he shows up in a different you know wig or yes when they see that pin they're like oh it's him gotcha okay so they introduce that at the very end of the movie i'm like oh yeah why didn't they do that sooner do you do you know why they didn't end up doing anymore because so when it opened this movie came in fourth or fifth at the box office mm. it opened i'm trying to remember the movies it opened against it opened against liar 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 was number one for like seven to eight weeks that is hard yeah yeah there's no way which is so weird because he went up against the riddler and lost wow yeah. um it also opened up against Romy michelle which came in second or third uh okay um and i think courage under fire the denzel washington one mm-hmm. that one that was a great year yeah yeah I still think that this 97 and 96 were like the best year for movies. Oh, wow. Because 97 this year, you had not just the same, but you also had Goodwill Hunting in December, Titanic, uh, Boogie Nights, Chasing Amy. Oh, this opened up against Chasing Amy and lost to Chasing Amy. Ah, uh, I see. Yeah. Which I'm surprised that it didn't do well. Like, I'm just reading that it was a it was a financial success with a worldwide box office of 169.4 million rentals of 28.2 million dollars and continuous yeah. DVD sales, VHS sales back then because it was 97. 
I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, let's see. The Saint opening box office weekend. 1997. So the Saint was number two in its opening weekend. It made 16.2 million in 2,300 theaters. It opened behind, uh, uh, we already said Liar Liar. Mm. Like that, that opening against Jim Carrey in 97 is like, if you find out, if you found out back then that you were opening against Jim Carrey, that's when you go, oh, fuck. Yeah, that's brutal. And then Romeo and Michelle's, you got two comedies, but kind of aimed at different demographics. Demographics. Because I remember before we saw The Saint, we went to the Fashion Cafe. Do you remember the Fashion Cafe? Yeah, yeah. So for anyone who doesn't, if you wanted a theme restaurant like Hard Rock Cafe or Planet Hollywood, if you love fashion in New York and California, you could go to the Fashion Cafe. And I remember we were sitting underneath, it was either Romy or Michelle's dress. (laughs) (laughs) And then they had a fashion show halfway through and like two women who kind of looked like Mira Sorvino (laughs) and Lisa Kudrow. Wow. So do you know that they're rebooting this or trying to reboot it? The Saint? Yeah. I didn't know, but I'm excited. I also need to watch the 60s series. I haven't seen that. 60s series, towards the end, it gets ridiculous, like like how Batman got ridiculous at the end. It's like, oh, who's the bad guy? And then like someone famous shows up and you're like, oh, okay. (laughs) Oh, Uh, it's them, yeah. (laughs) So as of two weeks ago, it was announced that Dexter Fletcher, who directed Rocket Man. Oh, Rocket Man. The Elton John one. Not the Harlem oh. Williams. Oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Dexter Go Fletcher, ahead. who directed the Elton John biopic, Rockin' Man, mm-hmm. and directed um, Eddie the Eagle, will be directing in uh, Reggae Jean Page. Uh, uh, not Jean, it's Jan. Um, what's his name? Duke of Hastings from Bridgerton. Oh, yeah. He's playing Simon Templar. Oh, nice. Yeah. That'll be good. Because apparently what happened was originally it was going to be Chris Pratt. Hmm, okay. And Sean Levy, who did the Night at the Museum movies, was going to direct it. Then it was going to be Chris Pine, hmm. who of these three, it's like, yeah, he he gives off that vibe the most. But hmm. then when it was announced that it's going to be uh, the Duke of Hastings. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I think this is his consolation prize because he's not going to be James Bond. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think that a reboot of this is going to be less like this movie and more like the actual TV series. Okay. And do you think that will be good or? I don't worried? know. Because it didn't <laughs> work for Man from Uncle. Mm. man from uncle literally was set in the 1960s the movie and the tv show um this i think when they tried to update it oh this opened against ronan with robert de niro Mm. is that a boxer movie no that is a thief heist movie 
So that's a competition. Yeah. And so the weekend numbers, when it opened up, I don't know why that just said Minions Rise of Brew. <laughs> but let's see. April 11th. Okay. So I was wrong. The movie that, uh, this is weird. This is weird, Laura. So <laughs> number one was Liar Liar. Number two was The Saint. Number three was The Devil's Own. Do you remember oh. that one? Mm-mm. That was the Harrison Ford Brad Pitt movie where, where Brad Pitt is a Russian terrorist who poses as Harrison Ford's daughter's oh. boyfriend. Oh, wow. Okay. Then number four was the Bette Midler rom-com That Old Feeling. Hmm. Then Selena. Oh, Selena. Wow. And then Remy and Michelle's. Okay. Yep. Yes, and the classic comedy of Jungle to Jungle with Tim Allen. (laughs) Wow, that was an odd one. 97 was a weird year. What a wild time. (laughs) (laughs) What a time to be alive, huh? Yes, absolutely. But like, I just remember Val Kilmer going on the press tour for this and he was talking about like, this was such a passion project for him that he had been waiting his whole life to play a James Bond type of character. And he does it successful, but I think it gets a little goopy when he is, you know, the nutty professor. And I know that most of you thought that Cold Fusion was an impossible- I'm the biggest fan. I think she's a fox. belongs to all of us. Okay. Even though some of- Yeah, yeah, that is the oddball one for sure. Also in that scene where he reveals all of the people he like, uh, uh, pretended to be, oh, I know who Charles is. Who's Charles? He he's when um when she's in the embassy and he's the southern gentleman. Oh yes, yeah, it's gotta be that one. Yeah. Who coined my favorite phrase? Give me chastity and give me constancy, but do not give it yet. <laughs> Simon, I'm I'm on the next flight out of here. Are you coming with me? No. But they are. Yeah, that was so funny. Where he's just doing Doc ho- uh, Holiday again. <laughs> um, but yeah, this was such a passion project for him that he, you know, uh, put his all into it. And he kind of felt like he, you know, failed. Uh, wait, why do you think he failed? No, he he felt that way. Oh, he felt that he failed? Yeah, because he was going through, his his divorce was just getting finalized. 96, he was coming off of the being difficult to work with because of Island of Dr. Moreau. So like that stuff got around, which I mean, him and Jim Carrey going at it for box office gold, that, Mm. that also must have been really difficult. Yeah. But I still think this movie is, you know, good popcorn fun. Yeah, I think so too. Is there anything we didn't talk about that you wanted to, you know? Oh, um, I mean, I was just, you know, watching through my theatrical 
lens, I was sort of noting like the themes that came up. Mm -hmm. And um, at one point when I was watching it, I was like, oh my God, they both have heart conditions if you think about it. Because, you know, because of how like emotionally hung up. Yeah, he has a broken heart and she has a broken heart medically. Um, I believe she has a hole in her heart. Oh, so it's a bagel. (laughs) (laughs) Well, then this is the right podcast to be talking about. Exactly. Um, I I still, with like their interaction with each other, mm -hmm. like right away, do you think that he knows that she's Emma Russell or do you think he's just trying to hit on her? when oh in the very beginning when when he's like you don't believe in this mumbo jumbo i i think he must know who she is because he's there he does his research ahead of time yeah yeah he must have seen a picture of her like in a newspaper or something i did like his memento moments that he would have when he's alone in his like hotel room and he's like writing stuff down and talking to himself yeah yeah he's rehearsing Definitely. Yeah, that was neat. I mean, it was it really was kind of an actor's movie because it's like you get to see him work out, you know, he's like, who who does she need in her life? And like, who do I need to be and who do I need to become and which character and how do I do that? And oh, you by saying who does she need in her life? I think the creepiest thing is the fact that he bases uh, Thomas Moore after her dad. Yep, yep, yep. It is creepy, but it's also like psychologically accurate because <laughs> we always like unconsciously chase our parents <laughs> yeah i was like i understand what you're going for but yeah still, yeah still creepy nonetheless <laughs> i don't like that Mm-mm. um oh and then this other theme of you know, obviously the saints and the religions and all that stuff and then like right off the bat right you have this kid who is the bad kid and who is in trouble but he's actually helping everyone you mm-hmm. know just that irony of like the robin hood yeah the robin hood yeah i i still how, how what do i have in my notes i have them at the beginning with all of the kids not getting food and the food is locked up this looked like pink floyd's the wall yes yeah it reminded me of oliver twist but yeah i can yeah. see that too um <laughs> I just I just when when the little girl falls at the beginning to her death and both Simon and the priest are like looking over her dead body and uh then they make eye contact. I was just waiting for the priest to be like, run. Yeah, I'm honestly surprised that he was able to get away in that moment still. Yeah. But I'm glad he did. I mean, in true Val Kilmer fashion, like if this kid was going to really come off as young Val Kilmer, Kilmer, I would have loved for him to just look at, you know, the nuns and the priest and be like, what did you do? And then run away. Or put on a tiny mustache. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh, you know what? The one cosplay we didn't talk about. Which one? Is when he dresses up as Tretiak, as the Russian Oh yeah, and he kind of looks like him too. Awesome! I yeah, that really I did not remember that from before, and I was like, oh my god, like that was really cool. See, I forgot about it the first time I saw this movie because they do a very similar thing 
if not the same exact thing. And do you remember the movie Dark Man with Liam Neeson? Oh, no, I haven't seen that. You haven't seen that? Mm-hmm. Basically, Liam Neeson plays a scientist who uh, is trying to make fake skin for burn victims, like a synthetic skin, oh. so so that they don't have to get skin grafts. And okay. he ends up blowing himself up and he gets super strength because of it and becomes a superhero but he poses as the villain of the movie who was responsible for his explosion and they they basically do what these two do in the the movie where they come across each other and have a conversation oh wow yeah yeah i just i love how he's not upset the the villain is not upset that he's dressed as him it's more of a take that off Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah i think i'd be a little horrified (laughs) yeah it's it's the only time that kilmer does you can't tell it's val kilmer like all the other times it's like that's val kilmer yeah it was very spot on yeah oh you know what now i'm realizing remember earlier when you were like i wish they picked a different russian guy they probably had to pick someone that he could at least you know somewhat look like in order to do that yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think of like at this time who kind of it would have been funny if it was Brad Pitt <laughs> mm, or like Schwarzenegger. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kilmer and Brad Pitt used to get mistaken for each other all the time. Oh, hmm. um, okay. but like, I I wish it was like someone of that nature they they yeah. could have done or someone just like really old and like almost burr lives grandpa you know santa yeah. claus looking because yeah. how how great would have it been to see val, val kilmer dressed up as like giant santa claus villain yeah russian mafioso definitely yeah fun. and i remember with this movie that i always got the crime family confused with the crime family from um that Viggo Mortensen. Um, oh. Did you see Eastern Promises? No. Okay. <laughs> Came out when we were like... in college. Yeah. Yeah, but but it's basically about a thief who is actually an undercover um, Russian police officer who's infiltrated the the Russian mob. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah, and Vigo is the Val Kilmer in that. Have so I've looked every movie, Scott. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I was I think... sick a lot as a kid, Laura. I was sick yeah. a lot as a kid, so so I would watch you know movies in bed or on the couch. Oh, okay. So like, and when I was you know at home by myself and no one was around, I watched the movies with swears in them. Nice. <laughs> this guy says dick. I mean, I was, you know, I watched a lot of things, but I was, I was very in the like musical theater land. So yeah, I've missed a lot. Well, yeah, I was too. And I okay. do that once a month on the podcast. Right. Yes. Um, so with this entire movie, like mm-hmm. the whole solution, I think that the, the whole reveal when Kilmer realizes that they're going to try and pin everything of cold fusion, not working on the current president yeah i love how he him and Chu solve cold fusion like in 10 minutes yeah and then then they get it to work yeah and he's 
I love how scared the actual president is. He's like, what are you doing here? And he's like, I, we solved cold fusion. Just take credit for it. I know. Yeah. It was like way too easy to talk him into that. I, along. I, I kind of wish Val Kilmer was like, you have to do this. Okay. I will wait. What? Right. <laughs> no, no fight. No. Yeah, nope. sure. Whatever you say, but I'm going to get elected again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What did you think now as an adult mm-hmm. and being cognizant of, you know, how important cold fusion actually would be? Yeah. How did you feel watching it this time versus when you were 13? I mean, obviously when I was 13, I didn't understand it at all. I was yeah. just like, yeah, the people are cold. Help them not be cold. Um, <laughs> but now <clears throat> it reminds me a lot of like, how the oil companies are still screwing us over and um yep you know and how they control how those lobbyists and those companies corporations control our government and like prevent us from having clean energy and <laughs> stopping climate change <laughs> Laura will be back to do thank you for smoking yeah exactly <laughs> so it definitely yeah i think i think in that respect it was um i understood it better as an adult definitely I think it was ridiculous that like they ever tried like as soon as he outsmarted them like three times, they should have been like, no, what? we're going to just disappear. This guy is much smarter than us Mm -hmm. for a Swiss army knife. Which one was your favorite attachment? Oh, um, because I mean, I still what? Yeah, I was going to say mine hasn't changed since I was a little boy. I mean, I think picking the locks is like the coolest. The blowtorch is mine. Oh, the blowtorch. <laughs> that is handy. Yeah. Is that what he blew up the car with? Yep. Okay, yeah. Yeah, the blowtorch. And also, this is going to show what a, a contraption geek I am. Okay. The How he created a special boot. Oh, yeah. Because that, that for me. To hold like, the knife. Yeah. Yeah. That's the stuff that I always liked. Like, oh man, I can have boots that like have pockets in them. Yes, yes. Um, hidden compartments. I always like the James Bond stuff where it's like it looks like a pen, but it's really a camera, or it shoots a dart, or whatever. I like when it's yeah, regular looking. Or a Mission Impossible, the gum. Yes, the gum. That that was my favorite. The red light, green light. But yeah, so and the tiny cameras and stuff. So the last thing I want to talk about, and we can talk about whatever else you want to talk about, is how 90s this movie is. Yeah. <laughs> like the the 90s gateway computer that he has in his little... Oh, the, the, the phone, the phone that looks like the car phone I had in, in you know, 2003. Um, yeah. And that opened up and then was like kind of a laptop at mm-hmm. the same time. Mm-hmm. yeah and also her laptop that she's like doing this stuff on and oh, yeah. the other thing to for shame on her is if you know people want to steal your you know ideas why would you have like a giant board in the middle of your house with like all of your formulas on it oh for sure yeah she was definitely not taking proper like security or privacy in any manner and and I also, I also was surprised that um, when he decided he was going to take her notes, 
that he physically took them. I was like, you have your camera thing. Just take a picture of them. Like, why do you even need to take them from her? You know, because he wanted her to know so that she would try and so he could see her again. Find him. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> he wanted to do more smooching and tummy tickling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Understandable. This is a very horny movie for a PG-13 movie. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. So is there anything we missed or should we get into the rating system of bagels? Oh, man. Um, I don't think we missed anything. Okay. So on a scale of one to 13 bagels, you have a baker's dozen. 13 is good. One is terrible. How many bagels are left in your bagel basket? Um, I'm going to go with 11 bagels. Yes, yeah, you really like this movie, don't you? <laughs> I know. I love it. I know, um, yeah, parts of it don't hold up or or whatever, but I don't think it has uh, aged horrifically like some other things. And it was, I don't know, the whole time I was rewatching it, I was like, oh, just nostalgia. And, and a lot of the music, too, talking about the 90s. I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe this song is that, in here. Yeah, that, that was the thing that I totally, the sneaker pimps. that song i love the sneaker pimps and i was like that's where this is from i thought this was from cruel intentions yeah and and actually i need to look up the uh the soundtrack like i would just listen to that soundtrack now (laughs) yeah this soundtrack is pretty good um Mm -hmm. i'm gonna give it nine for being 90s Um, and also like if we did this maybe four years ago on the podcast it would be like a seven or an eight but it's kind of topical now Mm -hmm. that's the scary thing still pretty relevant and you know i i was also thinking like about parallels between putin and this guy i was like hmm interesting (laughs) yeah so So, Laura, thank you for doing this. Do you have anything you want to promote? Yes. Um, I can't remember if we had launched yet the last time I talked to you, but I have started my own sketch duo, and we are called The Laura and Johnny Show. So hopefully that's easy for people to find. Um, But we're on TikTok and Facebook and YouTube and Instagram. So pretty much everywhere the talk the clock app um (laughs) and we we try so far we have been releasing a new sketch video every other friday so it's pretty consistent so far awesome yeah and i'm enjoying doing that so i have another podcast called hell is a musical and you can find that on the zero science network you can find us on twitter and facebook and email us um hell is musical at gmail.com. I'm still working on getting a new Instagram after I got locked out of our old Instagram. So bear with me. (laughs) Um, Once again, Laura, thank you so much for being here. You are always welcome on. Oh, thanks for having me. Until next time, I'm Scott Curlin. Bye. (laughs) 